0: Hi, everybody. My name is Lisa Green. I'm a junior. I'm the interfaith fellow here on campus. And this is Lafayette's interfaith podcast, Colton Corner. Today, I am joined by the amazing Sheer Rosenberg. Yay. Hi. Hi. So Shira works with Jewish Experience, um, which is a group that our Hillel partnered with back in October. And we all adore her. She's wonderful. And uh, I'm looking forward to getting to know all about Shira. Yay, I'm excited. Yay. Yeah, so Shira, I'd love it if you could just quickly tell a little bit about yourself, you know, um, what your role is on campus and off campus, and uh, and then we'll go for um, for a full circle moment.
1: Okay, perfect. <laughs> um, so I'm Shira Rosenberg. Um, my maiden name is actually Rosenbloom. So which funny. people love making fun of because I only <laughs> had to change three letters of my name.
0: Wow. Um, so that
1: was, that was kind of cool. Um, I now live in TNF, New Jersey with my husband Yehuda and I work for Jewish Experience full time. So that's been like really amazing. I've been going to different campuses, doing different Jewish educational programs, and meeting amazing students. Shout out to Lafayette because I love everyone here. Um, So I guess when I come onto campus, my role is we kind of do like Jewish education based discussions. Mm-hmm. We did a holiday, which was so fun. So fun. I think everyone had a good time. Yeah. Um I bring food usually when I come. Like every it's time I come actually. <laughs> <laughs> um and off campus, I'm usually meeting with different women one to one and discussing different topics in Judaism of their choice. Um and really, you know, helping us discover like what it means to be Jewish in the 21st century Um, and besides that I mean that's pretty much my full-time job besides being a wife <laughs> and daughter. Oh. Um, so that's kind of where I'm at right now.
0: Yeah, oh, that's amazing. And and we talk about so many amazing topics. We talk about the Torah portion, different holidays, and a ton of different life lessons from being Jewish. You know, I, I always like to joke, I, I've been Jewish a little while now, the solid <laughs> 21 years. and But every second year, with year, you learn something. Oh. <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, but yeah, so... Uh, so for anybody who doesn't know though, what would you say your religious tradition is?
1: So I'm a religious Orthodox woman. Mm-hmm. Um, so I consider myself to be a fully observant Jewish woman. Um, and I've been this way my whole life. It's obviously been a journey because mm-hmm. sometimes when you grow up a certain way, you want to discover it on a different level. Yeah. Almost it's like, if you don't know anything different, you kind of want to sit and look at, oh, like, why am I doing this? And why do I want to be a religious Jewish woman? Um, And so I have had, like, a transformation in my Judaism, Mm -hmm. you know, as I've grown older and discovered it more and connected myself to it more, Um, but I have grown up Orthodox my entire life
0: amazing and i'm so excited to hear about how your perspective shifted maybe like how it became more intentional more of a choice um but yeah uh and uh we can start at the very beginning okay um what is your first memory around judaism maybe like a holiday a person a prayer a song
1: Okay. Well, for being funny, I'm born on the first <laughs> night about of Passover. So I guess technically, <laughs> wow. my first holiday experience. That's amazing. My parents bought like, the whole Passover, stayed her to the hospital. My dad, my mom wow. is in labor. She's like, we gotta go. And my dad's bringing suitcases of matzah and food. And my mom's like, no, no, like
0: we're having our kid. Like, we don't have wow. time for this. Oh, I'm picturing, um, you know, Diana. Like.
1: <laughs> literally. So, That's I guess technically funny. that was my first holiday. Wow. <laughs> um, yeah, but beyond that, really my earliest memories are Shabbat's. I'm mm-hmm. um, at my house. We always hosted, like, a lot of people at my house. We're originally from Albany, New York, which oh, wow. is upstate New York. Mm-hmm. And so, my earliest memories are having actually a bunch of college students that my father worked with Aww. coming for shabbat and like i was this little kid but they all loved me because i was like little and cute yeah so we'd play like apples to apples with them and different that's games so and so my first really memory is like just hosting and having like really lively shabbats wow was it jewish apples to apples actually no but i think we got that over time oh it's
0: so fun <laughs> it is you hysterical that. yeah. that's so cool Wait, what was your father's role
1: so my father is an attorney but his like oh. passion is which is where like, I'm inspired from to oh. connect, you know, Jews together. Um, and so wow. he did, you know, different things like similar to what I do on college campuses. No way. He um, lives in Albany. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely very, you know, heavily influenced by him just in terms of like bringing Jews together. Um, and so that's how I grew up was always having college students at our house. And even if we were out at like one of those like little kids, like jumping places, you know. Yeah. And like we'd see a Jew and my sister was like, oh oh my gosh, you have to come to our house for Shabbat. So, that's amazing. Yeah, that's really how I grew up, with a very open home. Wow, so, yeah.
0: that's so beautiful. So, wow, do you still keep in touch with any of the students who beat your house?
1: So my father definitely does. Like, he went to a bunch of their weddings. Aww. I mean, many of them, like, have... There's actually one that he... Um, he got married, he has kids, when we were at his wedding. Wow! He's actually a rabbi um, for a big Jewish organization now. Um, so we're actually oh. still in touch with him. He comes to our house once in a while with his family, but I knew him when he was 18, which is just so funny to see wow. how time flies. Yeah.
0: That's so amazing. Yeah. Did you always know you kind of wanted to follow in your dad's footsteps?
1: So I always wanted to either be an attorney like him because my entire family, are pretty much attorneys Uh, but at a certain point i really had to think about how do i want to spend like my life like what's my passion in life and where am i going to feel the most fulfilled and so i'll i'm sure i could become a lawyer and gone to law school but i wanted to do something and beyond sitting at a desk i wanted to Mm -hmm. really make a change and connect with people Mm -hmm. so a couple years ago i decided that i wanted to like pursue my passions when it came to my judaism um, and helping connect other Jews with each other um, and just helping other people delve into their Judaism and learn like what it means to be a Jew and how beautiful it is. That's
0: so amazing. That's so cool. So your dad, you know, of course, is one of your major inspirations. Um, like what else did he teach you?
1: So, I mean, both my parents are amazing role models. Um, my mother's the most like selfless person I know. Um, Really, like, puts herself first as a mother, first and foremost. Um, She was always there for us, so they, like, both of them really established this value of family, which is a big Jewish value in general, surrounded by Shabbat and holidays. Um, But really, especially my father told me to go after my passions and drives, um, and that even if I'm doing something more unconventional, um, to really like the impact that I could have people in the world and i really do believe that doing something that's more you know a a people person job is really fit for me because i think god didn't create me just to sit behind a desk i love meeting people and hearing people's stories and backgrounds and that really gives me purpose in life
0: absolutely yeah no it's so fulfilling you know it just it goes so beyond like paperwork (laughs) right yeah exactly oh that's so cool yeah but um are there other other memories you have growing up with your parents, maybe with other role models um, that really just instilled that love of Judaism in you?
1: So definitely, I think even just my Jewish education that I received, I always went to religious schools growing up, and so my earliest memories are like in Jewish schools when you finish learning um, a certain like Torah portion, which could take like a couple weeks or months. There's always a big celebration after. Um, and there's a really big concept in Judaism about making the Torah sweet for us. Yeah. that it's something we should be excited over and celebrated like when a young child finishes learning a portion. Um, and it's not like in one it's a child learning it. it's more on a younger child level, but they're learning it and the teacher's explaining it. but it's a really beautiful and exciting thing for them to be learning like their heritage. So it was always growing up very celebrated. like there were so many celebrations surrounding. Different accomplishments in our learning, and so when we'd finish a portion every couple weeks or months or so. We would have a big class party with tons of like candies and cakes, and it's like celebrating the sweetness of the Torah. Wow! So that was very impactful. Like it give me like a really sense of like, oh, this is like beautiful and this is like truth for me, and the fact that it was like made to be like sweet, you know, in our eyes. So much better. Yeah. Yeah. Is that a
0: Talmudic concept? Where does the making it sweet come from?
1: So the idea of making Torah sweet, I'm not exactly sure the literal source. I'm sure I could find it, but it is something that we want to like. We say like the Torah. That's why when we give the kids like candy on certain holidays, yeah. right, it's almost to remind them like this is like sweetness in our life. It brings us happiness in our life. Right. And so to model that for such young kids from the start helps us see like the impact the Torah has on us oh, that's and so like special. the sweetness of it.
0: Yeah. Which I think
1: is important to establish from a young age, which carries I think into adulthood. Jen.
0: Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah, and and you know, with all the celebration of Torah, were there any Torah stories that stuck out to you when you were a little kid that you really loved?
1: When I was a little kid, it's hard to say because when I was a little kid, I understood the stories so different.
0: Yeah. now, meaning
1: when I was a kid, there were very much more, there are stories that were exciting and more surface level in a way, but learning them again as an adult, and that's the beauty of Torah, how you can learn it every year of your life, and you can learn something different and new and deeper, Mm -hmm. so the stories take on so much more meaning to me now. Our matriarch Leah, we learn a story with her and Rachel when They were about to, they were both at the age of marriage, and Rachel was waiting so long to marry her soulmate, Jacob. um, But Rachel's evil father, Lavan, wanted to switch Rachel out for her sister Leah. And so Rachel was so concerned for her sister Leah's dignity. She didn't want her, her to be embarrassed and feel like she was second choice to marry Jacob, that she told Leah these special signs that Jacob had given over to Rachel. Um, in order for Leah to present them under the altar so she wouldn't feel kind of like left out that she wasn't meant to marry Jacob. And Rachel never even told Leah the kindness like she did for her, even many years later. So there's different stories that we can learn today that teach us more how to be dignified people and maintain the dignity of our fellow man. Um, Even from Leah, again, there's a story of how she was the first person to be grateful, not only anyone up until Leah, was always thanking God for the big things that happened in life, like being saved and a miracle, something momentous. But Leia was the first person, like in the Bible, um, to actually recognize the small things in life and be grateful for the small things that God gave her. That's amazing. Um, and so she was known to recognize the small goodness in her life. And it's about. so easy just to like thank God when, like, it's an obvious, like, thank you so much, God, like, this is amazing. But we, she taught us that we have to be grateful for even the smallest things, like in her life, wow. to recognize that.
0: I'm picturing like she's just walking around the fields, and it's like you know, thank you God for this wheat, you know. Kind right, of and like, that's yeah. something that
1: we can learn from her even today. Yeah, how we can't take anything for granted. Jews, right. before we eat, we say a blessing on our food, because we realize that. This food's from God It's not something To be taken for granted You know It's so funny
0: I feel like Thinking about the idea Of Torah portions Changing meaning As we get older And learn more Because I always Thought of Leia As you know Nothing really Redeemable Nothing really to learn But I have never Heard that story I love that I feel like Even probably Levon There's something To get out of out of him being there
1: right we're able yeah. everything in the torah is written with an intention and for something to learn from so we believe that there's no extra letter written in the entire torah because wow. every letter that's in there actually has a lesson to be learned from it so wow. nothing's mistaken so anything that could even seem like why does this person appear in this story even if he's good bad we could learn something even from someone who was evil like Lavan. Right. Right? Everything in the Torah is intentional to to teach us a lesson. None of it's just written, you know, for fun or because it sounds good as a filler. Every (laughs) letter and every dot is intentional. And it's up to us to learn the deeper meanings behind everything written in the Torah.
0: Yeah that's so cool and are you You still you know even though you've studied it for so long you're still constantly learning new things i feel like
1: yeah that's the yeah. beauty about my judaism i think for everyone that you could open the same portion when it comes yeah. on the same weekend every single year but there's so much to learn every single time right and there's you could delve deeper into it each time and that's almost like the point of judaism and living how yeah. it doesn't just stop once we learn there's always more to learn and more to delve and more to improve on and connect to it's almost like an endless like fountain of knowledge yeah
0: right? I feel like so many people you know have a bar about when and they're like all
1: right I'm done you know right. kind
0: of thing and but it's this doubling down and continuing because I feel like also with every year and I love that gives meaning to living you know that You learn more. You read my mind. Yeah, basically just the idea that things, you know, I feel like parshot and people in the Torah that really, and parshot are like the different sections of the Torah. Like each week you read a different section. Um, I feel like things from your life every year that may not have happened yet or may not have been relevant yet connect to something. And it just, it adds to that understanding.
1: Yeah, which every stage in life, you go learn something new because different lessons apply to you in different ways yeah. when you're six versus when you're 16 and when you're 60. Right. Right? And so exactly. there's something to learning the Torah over and over again in a way and on a deeper level because as your life experience like progresses, it affects you in different ways. And oh, it's supposed to speak yeah. to you at every stage because we believe the Torah is a timeless document. So yeah. it could speak to a young child. Right. And it could speak to an elderly person. It applies to every stage of your life. Mm-hmm.
0: Right. You never stop learning. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Yeah, but, um, but speaking of, you know, being a young child, um, so you always went to Orthodox schools. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, what was that like? You know, did you feel just so embraced and supported? Yeah. That's yeah.
1: Awesome. I mean, I I didn't know otherwise, yeah. so we had dual curriculum. So the mornings was always um, Jewish studies, oh. and then the afternoon after lunch was always secular studies. Yeah. So Jewish People who went to Jewish educational schools always joke how when we came to high school and college, like everything was a breeze because I've done dual curriculum since first grade, and even in college, I went to a Jewish college, so I took um, along with my, you know, my credits for my actual degree, I also took Jewish classes. So we're always like so used to doing like a dual curriculum type of setting, Um, but when you are Orthodox and you're kind of surrounded by everyone who. Obviously, no one's the same because everyone practices Judaism differently. But when everyone is um, shares kind of the same values mm-hmm. and is growing up the same way and we're all there learning the same things, and also when you would learn in pairs and we would discuss things with partners and mm-hmm. delve deeper into it, it lends to a very deep, um, I think, journey, even when you're young, because you're learning very deep concepts that are actually helping you form into an adult. And um, so everyone around you is almost maturing and it's very not such a fast way, but in a very deep way, because we're constantly surrounded by these deep ideals and concepts, which are helping form who we become as adults.
0: Yeah, no, it's amazing. See, you almost kind of grow up a little faster, you think?
1: I would say so. I mean, I definitely see that around me, Mm -hmm. you know, that I think me and my friends matured. I think we have different priorities Mm -hmm. than other people our own age at different stages, because we're almost doing different things we're not you know we're focused on different things in life which Mm -hmm. everyone has their own focus which is great but i think the way of like a jewish educational orthodox system is that we're focused on like becoming into these really like deep rich um not rich (laughs) but these really like deep intellectual like thinkers and Giving people, and I even see that like in high school, that's like the focus in high school is not how many parties we could go to, you know, and who has the most friends. Like, of course, those are aspects of any high school, including yeah. my own, but we're also focused on learning much deeper ideas that are helping us form into adults. Oh, that must have been so special.
0: Yeah. yeah. Did you make friends, you know, el- who stuck with you elementary school, middle school, high school? Like, they were really influential.
1: Yeah, I definitely have friends like since. One of my closest friends today, she, we've been friends since we were like two or three years old, oh. um, and we both got married in the same year, wow. um, and we're still in touch. She actually just gave birth to her first child. Oh, Mazel Tov. So, fun. yeah, so there are some friends. Of course, like, life takes you to different stages and places, um, but I've definitely met some amazing you know, friends along the way who have really, like, deeply impacted me as a person mm-hmm. and really deeply affected me and, I think, helped me form into the person I am today.
0: That's so special. Were there any, you know, any specific teachers or, or rabbis or cantors who really took the time to make that personal connection that stuck with you?
1: Yeah, for sure. I think another big value in the Jewish school system is for students to feel connected to their teachers. Oh, yeah. Um. So especially, like, once you get to high school, it's very common to have one-on-one mentor meetings with either your female teachers or the rabbis, um, really because they provide like guidance to you either in life or in Judaism. And everyone needs a mentor and someone they could kind of turn to for guidance, especially in high school. It's such a confusing time. You're trying to figure out who I am, where do I want to go, right, who do I want right. to be. And so over the years, I've really connected, even in high school, I was very close with my principal and his wife, um, to the point where I would go to them for Shabbat, which is like, oh, funny, because he was wow. our principal, Yeah. Um, but I did feel very connected to him and his wife, um, and when I went to study in Israel for the year, I became very close with many of my teachers, so besides like meeting with them on a weekly basis... I'm still in touch with them today, even if it's over text. But I know that if I ever needed them, I could give them a call. They'd be there. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, when did you go to Israel for a year? So after high school, um, in most religious schools, the students take a gap year. Mm -hmm. Um, So usually a gap year ranges between like a year to two years. Wow. Um, Some men actually go for up to three years usually. Oh my goodness. Um, I went for the year to Israel. um, So that was a couple years ago um but that was like a perfect like transition between high school to then college and it's really just a year dedicated to your growth you're not focused on math and science and like biology and all that it's really just dedicated to learning judaism at a higher level as an adult entering into like the next stage of life
0: yeah no that's amazing what what was that experience like like what were the best parts of it that that still stick with you now
1: seminary itself is a very life-changing experience Mm -hmm. first of all you're moving out of your home when you're 18 and you're living alone in a somewhat foreign country for the year so it really I think lends to a lot of independence Mm -hmm. Um, but also the experience itself is when you're learning about Torah and Judaism the entire day it's a very inspiring process and you're learning like what is this how are we going to carry this into the next stage of my life What does it mean for me, Shira, to be a Jewish woman now, once I leave kind of this like insulated environment and go out into the real world? Right. So it really establishes, the point of seminary is to establish a foundation as we enter into adulthood of who I am, what I want out of my life, what I connect to. And so the classes themselves are extremely inspiring. You're pretty much sitting in class all day. But it's by choice because you chose to go to seminary yeah. and it's on the most beautiful, deep, like concepts and ideas mm-hmm. that really are like a key to forming a Jewish identity as an adult. And besides just the amazing learning opportunities, you go travel around Israel, you wow. go to different people for Shabbat, you have different experiences at different communities and different sects of Judaism. Mm-hmm. Um so it's a really like immersive Jewish experience as, like, an emerging adult, I would say. That's incredible. Yeah.
0: It's a different sex of Judaism. So did you meet, you know, people in sex you'd never met before?
1: So, yeah, I mean, I would, you could go to, like, a Hasidic family for Mm -hmm. a Shabbat meal or um, a very, like, Israeli family that, like, Mm -hmm. lives on a kibbutz. Um, So it's, like, you see such a variety, and that's the beauty of Israel. Mm -hmm. There's so many different types of Jews all living yeah. on the same land and united. So when you go to different people's houses and see the way they live, it's very inspiring to see how we're all practicing the same religion. It's so but different. But we all though. look so different from the outside. We're all united on one common ground. Your hearts are the same. Yeah.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. Were there, were there people or experiences or things you saw that year that really changed your life specifically?
1: Um, that really changed my life? Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um... I mean, I think seminary itself changed my life in a way because it was in seminary in Israel when I decided that I wanted to go into Jewish education yeah. um, and hopefully, you know, teach other people about their Judaism and delve deeper into it. Right. And the process itself, I think, was for me as an adult, when you reach a certain point and you leave your house, whether you're Jewish or not, religious or not. It's kind of up to you to decide, like, what am I doing with myself? What's my life? What's my life? Like, am I in this? Like, I grew up religious my whole (laughs) life. It was almost like, okay, like, I'm 19 years old now. I left my house. I live in Israel. I'm going to continue on to the next stage of my life. Like, what does this mean to me to be a Jewish woman?
0: Yeah. Right?
1: It's almost like it's a very life-changing experience because you're almost accepting it for yourself as an adult. Right. And you're committing to this. it from an adult perspective. What? Not because you were told to as a kid, but because right. you chose your Judaism. It's on it's you It's real now. and authentic to you.
0: Right. Was that the first time you would ever kind of questioned any part of it?
1: So in high school, I think a lot of, especially people who grew up religious, question not Judaism itself but their place in Judaism and how they connect because that's part of figuring ourselves out in high school. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think seminary gave me the reassurance of, I know I'm on the right path for me, and this is how I feel the most connected to myself and others and God. Right. Um, and now was almost like a very reassuring you know, thing for me as funny. I delve into my Judaism to realize that like, this is truth for me. This is my truth, and this is how I know I can grow and become the best version of myself. Oh, I love that.
0: Yeah, I I really, I would love to dive in a little deeper, though, to what that thought process was like in high school, you know? where Were there elements of kind of, I wonder if what I'm doing is right for me, or, like, what caused you to start kind of examining that from a more adult perspective? Yeah,
1: I think when you grow up doing a certain thing, mm-hmm. it almost becomes routine. Now, I don't think... Judaism is routine per se because every family observes it differently and it's also not routine because you have so many holidays and oh, different yeah. traditions um but when you grow up doing something your whole life it's almost like you have to see like oh like do I understand what I'm doing yeah is there a meaning behind what I'm doing or am I just doing it because I'm told to do it right and so, so for, for me, me in high school I went through a process of really like Delving to understand like why am I doing this? Yeah, it's not like I shouldn't be doing things out of routine. And I think a lot of people in their Jewish education, whether they grow up conservative, reform, or orthodox, mm-hmm. they're told like we do this, but not why. Yeah, right. We're right. not given the why, but we're all we're commanded to do certain things for a reason. Mm-hmm. So I was really starting to delve into high school. Why am I doing this, and why do I want to do this? Right. Well, yeah, but were
0: there specific commandments, mitzvot, anything that? you kind of had never really been told the why and you, and you wanted to find out more about it?
1: Yeah, I would say for me, um, one of the commandments slash mitzvot, which I could speak about the idea of a commandment in a second, was dressing modestly. Sure. So for me, growing up religious, that was always something I did. But it almost didn't feel real to me because I'm a very, like, I am a very rebellious personality. <laughs> I do not like to be told what to do. And yeah. I just did not understand why and my parents were telling me to dress modestly and it was very hard for me and I myself went through a very like big journey with my own modesty um and I think everyone's journey with modesty is like very personal because it's a very big internal process but once I started to really learn about the value of modesty how it's far beyond clothes but it's an internal understanding of ourselves and how I want my internal my internals basically ref- be reflective, right? To my externals. Right. Once I've learned about modesty on a deeper level, then I came to dressing modestly on my own. Right. Because I understood the value. I wasn't just being told yeah. wear this. It was, oh, I understand now why I want to wear this. That makes so much sense though. And
0: so you were never told growing up, like, this is why it's just like this, we're doing this.
1: And my parents explained I think, most things. Yeah. But a lot of things, when you're, like, almost growing up religious, you're not necessarily questioning some things. Right. Or you begin to question it later, like I did. Oh, yeah. Um, as a little kid, like, I don't really think, it's not like, you know, dressing modestly does not mean you're, like, wearing, like, a garbage bag, like, from head to toe. But when you're a little kid, you still have freedom to express yourself. Oh, yeah. It was just something that I didn't even know different yeah that makes sense but once you start to see the world and you're kind of trying to think well why do i want to dress this way so my parents definitely gave us the why Mm -hmm. but sometimes your parents why can be different than your why yeah right we all connect to different things no absolutely yeah so so what is your why so my why for modesty (laughs) it's a that's a very long discussion i think for a different time sure um do a (laughs) follow-up yeah we could definitely do a follow-up but for me it's Um, about how it's a very big internal for me modesty is how I am as a person Mm -hmm. and I want my true essence which in Judaism we believe we each have a soul and so I want my soul to be my essence Mm -hmm. and to reflect on the outside so of course besides being like with dress I want to be viewed for the real she the real person inside of me, and not someone I present myself in that, like on the outside, because we're so close, we're so quick to jump to conclusions about people based on their external appearance, that we don't even give them a chance to learn more about their, like, who are they inside? I want to learn more about you. Mm-hmm. And so we want our internals and our externals to constantly reflect each other. Right. Um, So it's definitely a deeper conversation for another time. But I think for every person, modesty is such a personal journey. Right. Um, It's something that you have to connect to in your own way, in whatever way that is.
0: Yeah. Well, and it's just, it sounds like it's all about, you know, authenticity and depth and really, but I love that. I feel like you are so accepting and non-judgmental. Like, if a person didn't follow modesty, you know, you would never think anything differently about yeah, that. Yeah, of course.
1: I mean, just how I grew up, our house was always open to all different types of Jews. Yeah. No matter your background, who you're from, how you love. Like that. And that's, like, my perspective. I mean, I don't think the Torah commands us, A, not to judge people. Right. We have to love yeah. everyone, no matter who they are yeah. and how they look. Absolutely. Um, and I would never, you know, sometimes the most internally modest people could to the world be dressed immodestly, but modesty is such an internal process that it's not for us to judge of who's looking a certain way. And so one of my favorite commandments in Judaism is to love, you know, your fellow man no matter who they are and how they look. Um, And I hope also people when they look at a Jewish woman dressed modestly that they don't judge us because it's a personal choice, Yeah. right? And even in terms of dressing modestly, like I think... It's been fun for me to like find ways to dress like cool but modest. It's like a fun challenge. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like, totally. That's what's like awesome. Like, you could look really put together and awesome and hip. Yeah. And also be dressed modestly.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, but I feel like there's so many misconceptions people have about it, like you know, you know, that you're forced to do it or something. Like I've heard crazy out there things. Yeah. Yeah. It's
1: really unfortunate, but when it comes to a mitzvah, so a mitzvah is a commandment from God. Mm. So a lot of people view mitzvah as things Jews are commanded to do and they're forced to do. Right. Yeah. But we have to view a mitzvah, a commandment, as an opportunity. Yeah. Right? It's an opportunity to get closer to our true self or to our essence to other people and to god so not doing a mitzvah it's just almost like a missed opportunity you're not judaism does not believe we're bad people or sinners at all it's more are you taking this opportunity and growing from it or are you not taking it and not the next one yeah exactly so a lot of people think that you know people are being forced to do certain things but everyone has to realize judaism is we have a choice
0: Yeah, we're not about forcing.
1: (laughs) Right, within the commandments, we have free choice to choose, right? That's where our freedom lies. And the ability to choose if I want to fulfill this mitzvah, this commandment, or not.
0: Right. Do you have other, you know, favorite vote that kind of exemplify that and, and you feel your connection to God growing and your, yes. your connection to your true self as well?
1: Um, for me, praying is one of my favorite vote. Yeah. Um, prayer is a really big time for self-introspection. Mm-hmm. And so for me, like every day, I try to pray at least 10 minutes a day. Like um, sometimes it's hard because life gets busy and yeah. I wish I would ha- have know. more time to. But so just tough. sitting down and allotting a time in my day that's between me and God um, and thanking him for waking me up and giving me the ability to see, oh, right? And the ability to connect to other people. A big part about prayer is hoda, which means thanking God. So mm-hmm. a lot of prayer is thanking God for, again, waking us up and giving me infinite potential and ability. Oh, and that's also a process of self-introspection. Int- right, right. Because when I'm saying those prayers, I'm thinking about, wow, look at the gifts God gave to me. And in turn, I'm thanking God for making me the person I am. And so prayer is a really, like, deep, introspective, like, time for me, um, which has helped me really connect to God and myself.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so special. Are there, are there specific prayers or songs or messages that really resonate with you or really are actually right now?
1: So I think I like personal prayer a lot because there is – prayer that you do at a synagogue or from a sidor which is our prayer book but there's two different types of prayer in judaism there's mm-hmm. prayer um again from the sidor book and there's also personal prayer and we have an ability to speak to god wherever we are whenever and so that's one of my favorite parts about prayer is just sometimes i'm driving and i just pause my music and i want to speak to god yeah and if i need help with him help with something i'll say hey god like i'm really struggling here yeah can you help me Or, you know, I had a really good day today. Like, it's just a quick one minute, like, thank you, God. Like, yeah. today was a really good day. That's the best girl. feeling. Which is, yeah.
0: Or even just, like, I, I had a tutor in high school, actually, you know, talk about interfaith. It was a very devout Christian. And I would talk about my anxiety, you know. Mm-hmm. And she would say, if it gets, she had a very thick New York accent, she would say, like, if it gets to be too much, you just have to say, God, take it away.
1: Yeah. sometimes <laughs> all we could do in situations is just turn to God. And I think the beauty of, Judaism is that we have this relationship with God, that it's not just about doing it in the sanctuary, in the temple, in our homes. Mm -hmm. Judaism carries you wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you always have the ability to just talk and connect to God. So I love personal prayer, Mm -hmm. and then just different parts of the prayer, when I'm saying it inside my prayer book and my Mm Siddur, just really help me kind of ground me and think about certain things. Um, Again, like being grateful for my eyesight. Right, every day I thank God for giving me the ability to see and the clothes of my body. Yeah. So it's like there's very like applicable grounding aspects to prayer that's more structured, but I also love personal prayer.
0: Right. Well it goes back to the lesson from Leia, you know, just about appreciating every small detail. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and going off of, you know, the prayers that are significant, the people um, from the Torah who really define our lives. Are there other, you know, figures from the Torah or other parshot that really have meant a lot to you over the years and now?
1: Well, one I could think of is the Jews, when they were in Egypt, um, the Jews were enslaved, were enslaved in Egypt for 210 years. And I didn't know that. Yeah, it was a really long time. Two hundred and ten. That's so specific. So that was part of kind of like a foreshadowing experience yeah. that God told to Abraham. Right. Um, so and there's also again with Judaism, there's very deep things we can learn I love from the significance it. of years and time. Yeah,
0: because the only thing I can think about two ten is like it's divisible by seven. I, <laughs>
1: I'm like that's so. See, my math head does not like know that. <laughs>
0: i mean that's that's so oddly specific you think you know he at 200 kind of thing yeah. yeah
1: so the jews were in egypt for so many years enslaved but one of the things we learn is that as a jewish nation um and we actually discussed this at shabbat when you're at my house yeah how the jews never changed like their names and their dress right and um they always maintain true as much as the egyptians were trying to kind of Ruin the, the Jews spiritually and physically and take away any ounce of Judaism they had. Mm-hmm. There are certain things that remain strong that even in such an environment like Egypt, which was, which was a very physical mm-hmm. um, environment, there was a focus on physical beauty. Right. Um, and just like anything basically anti-spirituality was the Egyptian environment at that time. Um, but despite this really horrible environment that the Jews were being slaves in, they stayed true to themselves and they rose up against that negative environment and found positivity for themselves and they didn't change their names or the way they dressed and it's almost like a sense of Jewish pride they had while they were in Egypt how sometimes we're put into really negative tough environments and it's up to us to find little pockets of light of light and like be ourselves. Right Right. And be true to ourselves Right Right. Because it's like
0: It would have made their lives So much easier to assimilate Right But it would have had Lose all
1: its meaning Exactly So while they could have just Acted They could have dressed like The Egyptians Sure Right And they could have Named themselves Egyptian names But that's not—they didn't let that environment take control over them, and they stayed true to themselves and their Jewish pride, which separated and prevented the assimilation that the Egyptians were attempting to do. Yeah, right. They
0: were trying to break their spirits. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's so inspirational. You know, just—I've been feeling it more and more, just this idea of being so proud of who you are and just not trying to temp it down to fit in— You know, to kind of blend in with society. Yeah, it's so special.
1: It's like almost like, you know, that saying, um, why be the same? No. Why when you're meant to stand out? Oh, God. This is awkward. (laughs) It's perfect. Anyways. I love it. It's like, you know, there's something like we were meant to, everyone was meant to be different, right? Right. So why do we all try to be the same? Like, we should have a sense, everyone should have a sense of where they come from, a sense of pride, right? And we should have Jewish pride, especially in a world that we're surrounded by so much hate, How much more so, in all the darkness, we should be spreading light and being proud of who we are and what we stand for. Right, oh
0: man, I
1: love that. Was that part
0: of, do you think that you learned that lesson in seminary or or just your whole life?
1: I think my whole life living as an Orthodox Jew because Mm. we obviously stand out, you know, we're always Mm. on the airplanes, we're eating the wrapped up kosher food. (laughs) With the
0: foil, yeah. And we're obviously dressed
1: very differently. Mm. Um, And we do different things, but there was always a sense of pride. Like, this was always my life, and I don't know any different. And I love my life because I understand it, and I find so much meaning and depth in my life. It's so special. And I feel like I'm living for a purpose that's greater than myself. Right. So I have a sense of Jewish pride, and especially when you're in Israel, which is a Jewish state, and you're on the buses, and you're surrounded by Jews and non-Jews, but you feel like you belong, and that's something that's very much, like, ingrained in and seminary but not even through the classes just from living in israel how like wow like i belong here and like i'm so proud to be a jew yeah and especially in america when you're surrounded again by so many people who are different than you or hate you yeah. it almost instills a more like i'm jewish and i'm proud and right. i love what i do and i stand by what i do in my religion oh
0: man that that almost brings tears to my eyes yeah. it's like Man, you know, in the United States, it can be such a challenge to be a Jew. You know, every other day you hear about a shooting or a cemetery being desecrated or hate crimes in the street. You know, it's just, it can be so disheartening, but we're still here. Exactly. That gives me chills every time. It really does. You know, me. you're not getting rid of
1: us. Every generation, we've been persecuted since the beginning of time. Oh, yeah. But we're still here today. And so people who try to run away and hide their Judaism. It's, not, it's, it's sad not because yeah. we're always gonna be here, and yeah. once a Jew, always a Jew, right? So oh, we as yeah. all understand where we come from and be proud of it and love it, right? Right?
0: That's so powerful, yeah. And um, so, so through seminary, I feel like that was probably exemplified even more. Oh wait, actually, going back for a second, mm-hmm. was that your first time going to Israel?
1: No, so I went to Israel. I'd say quite a few times, like oh, throughout wow. my childhood.
0: Yeah. Yeah, we
1: would definitely, obviously it's very expensive and I'm one of six children. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, how often can you go? But I definitely went I, a few times. I went to camp in Israel one year. Oh, that's so um, cool. I did an internship in high school after camp. Wow. So, Wait, what was the internship for? So I worked for the Orthodox Union. The oh, U. sure. With the certifications. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. they do more the certifications. So I worked <laughs> in, no, but many people don't know that, by the way. You <laughs> didn't know
0: that. So I worked in
1: their Jerusalem office. Wait, what else do like they do? Things. So they do like, especially in Israel, they do like a publication. They um they wow. do a lot of like um Torah like classes online. Um, a lot of like Jewish Ooh. educational things. There was always speakers coming in, so like to the center. Um, wow. So I did that, and I oh yeah. My other internship was actually for birthright, which is funny. But that was in Manhattan. Oh, that's so cool. Not in Israel. Did you do... What did you do for birthright? So I did more, like, from their office points. I interviewed people, helped set up itineraries. Yeah. All, like, the, the logistics stuff, like, that makes a birthright trip a birthright trip. I did. Oh, I love that. Yeah. Wait, so, though, when you were going to Israel as
0: a kid, you know, what was that like? What do you remember of it?
1: I mean, it was always this, like wow like when you would land in that airport like you feel like the air is different um, um and actually the torah teaches us that the air in israel like, is there's something special to it there's something yeah. holy and if you ask any jew no matter their background, who goes to israel they instantly feel it like you feel this change in the air and you feel the sense of home god i want to be there yeah I, god willing if you'll you'll be there soon <laughs> yeah. you know and i think for someone to experience that it's a feeling like i have chill saying it unlike any other when you're walking mm. the streets of Jerusalem. You like it's the weirdest feeling, you feel like I'm home, like I belong here. I mean I could cry thinking about it. Like oh, that's So, so even as a kid, as like a young Jewish kid, it's like you just feel a connection to this place and maybe you don't really understand it, but it feels right to you.
0: Yeah. And no, And so absolutely. those trips were
1: so like impactful and seeing like the historical parts about Israel and eating the food and seeing my relatives. Mm-hmm. I like remember all those trips. Wow
0: that's so that's amazing yeah. that really yeah i want to want to dive a little more there um and and kind of go piece by piece so that's fun for food yeah yeah <laughs> what are your favorite jewish foods
1: so i love jew food like
0: love. <laughs> the best the literally best.
1: like bring me the herring bring me like a filter
0: that's amazing potato kogel.
1: like so good so there's something called challenz which is like a kind of like a stew, but better. I was like, there's no vegetables. It's just like it's potatoes, beans, and meat. If anyone's never had chalent, it sounds disgusting, but it's so good and so Jewish. Yeah. And so it's one of my favorite Jew foods. Like on Thursday nights before Shabbat, me and my friends would always like go get like chalent from a place at like midnight. Like Aww. we'd have like chalent chills. <laughs> Wait, that's so cute. Chalent yeah. Chills. So I really love jewish food in general but it's also cool because like sephardic jews cook different food than ashkenaz oh, yeah. jews um and so like my husband's family is israeli so his shabbat meal oh, looks really? different than my family's um, um, with different foods which like i'm a foodie wait yeah. how are they different so i mean israelis do a lot more like salatine. they're called like little salads and like dips like um eggplant dips Oh, um, yeah. and like tahini oh those are so um, good israelis don't do like the classic like gefilte fish potato kugel, jew food those
0: are very like ashki yeah that's very yeah. like ashkenazi like jewish eastern european yeah. yeah so
1: like his family eats more like moroccan style fish or ah. they have like a sephardic challenge called Khamim. oh so uh, the food's like very different vibes yeah That's
0: so fun like merging them together yeah i mean i love it because it's awesome. <laughs> the best. Did he grow up in Israel? So my husband
1: was born in Israel. Oh wow. Um, his family that. speaks Hebrew at home. Oh, how about so, that? yeah, I mean I'm the odd one out, but like, <laughs> I'm, I'm brushing up on my skills. You're like
0: Maza? Exactly. Right? I'm like, Shalom, everybody.
1: Yeah.
0: Shalom. Kulam. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah really I know, this is my very limited Hebrew from going to Jewish day school for twelve years. Uh,
1: <laughs> So it's definitely, it's good. It's awesome because it definitely helps me, like, brush up on my Hebrew. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, so he was born in Israel. So his family is Israeli, but they live in America.
0: Wow. Yeah. Well, we're going to come back to Yehuda in a second. (laughs) But just to to delve more into the pieces of the Israel trips. um, So the food and seeing relatives. um, Who were the relatives who you always looked forward to seeing who made you feel connected?
1: So my great-grandparents. Um, I mean, they're not alive anymore, but they are, they lived in Israel. My mother's family, I mean, my grandfather's from Israel, my great grandparents, my mother's family was in Israel since the Spanish Inquisition. Oh my
0: goodness.
1: Wow. They've been there for years. Um, and so it was just so special to see my my great grandparents were very old, even when I was going to visit them as a young kid, Mm -hmm. but it was so special just to like be in their presence and they hardly spoke English. They spoke Hebrew and Yiddish. Yeah. Um, but it was like it was very special. That I was able to have the pr- the privilege of meeting them.
0: Oh, that's beautiful. Yeah. Wow, that's so cool. And, and to circle back around, um, what was it like, you know, growing up being the oldest of six to that? <laughs> how was that kind of maybe passing traditions <laughs> on to your siblings kind of thing?
1: Let's just say it's very fun. <laughs> Our house is very lively. Yeah. Um, it's fun to be part of a big family, especially yeah. some of my best memories of my siblings. Besides family vacations or on Thursday nights, cooking for Shabbat, Aww. we would blast music on the speakers and we'd all be dancing in the kitchen and cooking. It's so fun. Um, and so because built into Judaism, there's a big value of family when it okay. comes to holidays and Shabbats. So many like fond memories of awesome Passover just, like, pulling pranks on each other at the table. What kind like, of pranks? So That's there's so there's a fun. point in where we're supposed to open the door. Right. To symbolize opening the door for Elijah the prophet. Yeah. So, like, one year, like, I, like, dressed up in a costume and I snuck out of the house Stop. before that part. <laughs> so, like, when my sister opened the door, she, like, had a panic attack. <laughs> <laughs> so, like... That's wild. We do, like, shenanigans. And, like, when everyone's, like, chasing to find the Afi Komen. <laughs> um, so holidays definitely have good memories but in general it's just it's really an amazing thing to grow up with siblings um, and to have deeper connections with people um, and definitely teaches you to be a, especially as the oldest, to be a very patient person you know, it definitely (laughs) it was a challenge sometimes because it's a lot, but it definitely also prepared me, you know, to God willing, be a mother, like my mother was having me change my little brother's diapers when I was young and so it's almost like second nature for like me to be a mother because I almost had that like motherly position as the oldest oh that's Um, so exciting
0: oh I love that yeah Yeah, I I love I love hearing about Passover Passover you know such a special place in my heart um would you say it's one
1: of your favorite holidays your favorite it is because I get double presents, afikoman and birthday yeah. present. No no I'm I no, love as that. I've gotten older I don't get an afikoman present. <laughs>
0: Wait. So you celebrate your Hebrew birthday and your English birthday? Or? Yeah, in
1: my house we celebrate both. Oh, that's um, so cool. My husband actually only celebrates the Hebrew birthday. Really? But I'm like, no we're celebrating no, both. Getting <laughs> two birthdays. Exactly. So, it's a when or both. So my English birthday is April eighth, which usually actually falls out Right before, even on Passover. Yeah, this year it but is. I think, or it, is. it might be. I think yeah, is. but for me personally, I always celebrate both my birthdays because I can't have a regular cake on my Hebrew birthday, so I better celebrate oh. my regular birthday so I can have. Oh, because Passover. Cake. Oh my gosh, of exactly. So I need to have my two cakes. Oh yeah, so I celebrate
0: both. Let's be real. Kosher Passover cake. Not it. Not it. There are
1: some good recipes out there. Um, that's how my husband won me over on our first date. We dated over Passover, like, on one of the, like, days in between. Oh, wow. And so his sister baked these, like, amazing Passover chocolate chip cookies that he brought on the date. And they were so good that I was like, all right, I'm sold. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Wow. Wait, have you ever had, like, Passover latkes? Like, the sweet ones? With the matzo brie? Um... Yeah Yeah well it's like Matzo meal And like sugar Yes And like My mom makes them every year So good So good Have you ever had Matzo lasagna
1: No I haven't
0: (sighs) That's my signature thing. Yeah. Oh, can okay, get this year. Yeah. Especially, you know, if you're still on maternity leave, I'm driving it over. Oh <laughs> yes, I'd love that. Yeah, no, it's Absolutely. perfect. Stop. Yeah, no, that's amazing. Do you have any other, you know, favorite holidays, favorite times of year?
1: Um, Sukkot is definitely one of my favorite holidays. Um, we sit outside for eight days. For anyone who doesn't know Sukkot, it probably sounds crazy. Um, but <laughs> yeah. we essentially build like a temporary house outside, but the weather is always beautiful, and like it's just such good, like together family vibes. Yeah, um, okay. and the whole point of Sukkot, we are commanded to be happy. Uh-huh. Um, and again, when it comes to a commandment, it's an opportunity, right? right. It's not god saying you better be happy or else, no, like, <laughs> no, it's this is a beautiful opportunity to connect with each other, with our family, and yeah. be happy. And it's such a joyous time like food and songs so it's one of my favorite holidays oh that's so beautiful I love that yeah
0: and and so now we're kind of transitioning to the post-seminary era Mm -hmm. um so you you go to college and and COVID happens Mm -hmm. um what was your your spiritual and your Jewish your Jewish experience ah Mm -hmm. there we go full circle baby full circle um what was that like under, under you know, the era of college and the constraints of COVID.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. COVID was an interesting time. Yeah. But in a way, I did more Jewish learning than I ever did. Really? Because the Jewish community, because we're, again, so community-based and mm-hmm. we go to synagogue and there's different Torah classes given in person. So when it came to yeah. COVID, it was almost like there was a new wave of Jude, like Judaism and spirituality online so more right. and more Torah classes were being put out than ever before oh, and there were Zoom classes that I would go to every single night consistently because we had wow. all the time in the world yeah, why not? during the lockdown part and so wow. with these really inspirational Jewish speakers so I would go to classes like every single day and me and my friends from seminary like one of my friends from London we'd meet up on FaceTime um, you know, I had a couple days and we would learn a book together. Oh. Um, so in a way, for a lot of people, they actually, their Judaism Special. was even more connected than before. Because okay. we were not distracted by anything else. We were forced right. to be in our homes. Think about everything. And so to think about everything. And it opened up like a whole new era of like learning and deeper. Wow. It was like a really beautiful thing, I think, for the Jewish like world to experience. Really? How more Torah was being spread than ever before. Ah. Oh
0: yeah that's incredible that's such an inspiration yeah like you know kind of like a mitzvah it was an opportunity
1: right and so when i think of the lockdown days like i just remember like besides spending time with my family just like always like listening to something new and learning something new and connecting Mm -hmm. so it was almost like a blissful time where i wasn't distracted by like the external world that's so amazing yeah so
0: then after you graduate, which was that in 2021?
1: So I graduated, um, this is like totally giving to my age, but in like May. It hasn't even been oh, a year since I graduated. Wow. Yeah. You're
0: so, was- so amazing and impressive.
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. I didn't realize. Yeah, yeah.
0: But, but so then how did you get involved with JX?
1: So after graduating college, which was very recently, um, I was honestly looking for a job, and my dad, like, this, like, class of Jewish geography, knew of someone, <laughs> knew someone. So, um, it's kind of just, like, how I had my dad connected me to someone. Wow. Um, and kind of just started it off from
0: there. And the rest is history. Yeah, yeah. the rest is history. Oh, that's fantastic. Well, I want to come back and, and end out with that in a second, but going back to a special moment april 2021 (laughs) um yeah what was the experience like of of meeting your husband and getting engaged you know getting married um how did that feel
1: so for me with my husband it was never and this is what we tell our friends who are dating and you know in relationships there's not you're not looking for fireworks or this moment where all of a sudden you see like this is my soulmate that's never gonna happen it's not real life it's not real it's what they show you in the movies for me it was every time I was with my husband when we were dating I felt like like this is right like I feel like myself with him and like the only word I could really use to describe this oh like this makes sense like this is right like I felt at home because I could be my true self with him yeah and it felt like I knew him my whole life so you know when they show you the movies with the butterflies and the fireworks like it's not true your husband is someone who brings out the best in you who you want to grow with who you're committed to and respect and it's just like it was this moment i just kind of just like knew like oh like i found my person i could grow with and build a family with wow and so thank god i'm really blessed to have him in my life and to have a beautiful relationship with him and The whole engagement and wedding process is so exciting. Yeah. But really, when you think about a wedding, and this is what I tell my friends who are getting married now, the wedding is one night of your life, and it's an amazing night. But if we get so caught up in the wedding, the whole point of the wedding is... The marriage right this beginning, yeah. And so, for me, when it came to planning my wedding, like I did not plan a thing, That's great. The whole point of this wedding that will be fun. to and trust me, I had a beautiful, fun wedding, yeah, is because I'm finally marrying like my soulmate. Oh. And so, the focus should be the marriage, not the wedding. The wedding's wow. a fun, exciting part, but I was just so excited to start like my life together with Yuda Oh,
0: that's so, so amazing. Yeah. That really, man, the way you just described yeah. like finding your soulmate and just feeling like this clicks this makes sense it's easy I yeah I so know what you mean that's it's really it's a blessing and then how has that been just sharing your lives together what's it like you know compared to before
1: yeah I mean I think marriage is a beautiful thing and when both parties you know before we got married we kind of had a conversation like no matter what, like, we're in this, like, through thick and thin. Yeah. Because if both parties, like, are not committed, then there's always an easy way out of a marriage. If a couple is not committed to each other, then they always think, well, there could be someone better out there for me or a better situation. But if you establish from the start, from when you're dating, like, we are in this no matter what, then that almost sets you up for success because there's no out. God forbid some people... Okay, not to get dark me to yeah. become a marriage but <laughs> right. i'm saying when
0: it's i thought you were going to say some people die
1: oh god uh, <laughs> yeah. when there's an understanding that we have a yeah. mutual goal understanding and commitment and respect for each other the relationship only blossoms and grows and so it's been beautiful for me um over the course of my marriage now which has only been a year and a half but to see oh, wow. how much mm-hmm. we've grown together as a couple and how You know, he teaches me so much about myself, and we learn more about each other every single day. And it's like, marriage is basically like living with your best friend. Yeah. You know? And we have so many good times. We travel, we play games at night, we (laughs) have our date night. um, It's like, break up regular routine, because life gets busy. Make it fun. Exactly. Wait, when? When's your anniversary? When in July? July 20... Oh my god, July 26th
0: oh and wow you're so good <laughs> yeah you're so good yeah wow that's so wild because that means you got married I think maybe a week exactly before I met Alex really it's pretty wild oh my gosh yeah what are the chances isn't that crazy yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's so, so
1: cool yeah thank god it like feels like I've known him forever yeah so oh. it's really marriage is a beautiful one amazing thing if both parties are willing to put in the work
0: right yeah. and you're both so committed and and it just it makes sense I yeah. love that Thank God. yeah and so you know you've got that strength that support and that beautiful life you know and and then Jx comes into your life and so it's only been really a couple months I man so crazy. I was thinking this when I came... I came to Shira's house last week. It was fantastic. It was, <laughs> it was a privilege. Highlighted my break. Yeah. And, um, and I was thinking, I've only known you four months.
1: That's yeah. crazy. Isn't that crazy to think? Like, yeah. I think that's... I think a gift that God has given me. I think I connect with people assuming they're open to connecting with me easily and sometimes like when i think about like my relationship with you now i feel like i've known you for
0: like years no exactly right yeah it's
1: really insane to think about um and how close you get with someone in a few months it's
0: so special right and and big shout out to brianna leopold yeah for (laughs) yay for for connecting you know our hillel with shira um but, yeah, what has what the experience of JX been like the last couple months?
1: I mean, it's been so amazing to meet so many different Jews from different backgrounds who are genuinely, like, interested and excited to learn more about where they come from and what it means to them to be Jewish. Um, and it's been really, especially at Lafayette, you know, the students are all so welcoming and excited and interested and intrigued. And I never you know, it's always nerve wracking for me before I go to a new campus because I don't know how I'm going to be received. Sure. I'm this religious girl coming in, you know, from this like Jewish organization. Right. I don't know if people are going to take me seriously. Well, um, and especially with us, you know, we
0: are we're not, you know, the most traditionally religious. Um, and so it's just interesting But we do, you know, even within us We have such a wide variety of backgrounds yeah. And, you know, you have people like me Who I, I say I'm like, you know uh, I, I was trying to come up with a good fusion Between reform and conservative And there isn't one Because it's either conform Which awful Or reserve <laughs> Uh, <laughs> right? yeah, I don't. I'm yeah, we are to finding a better term. Right? For I'm like, what is that? So yeah. Some maybe somebody out there knows. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's just, I, I, you know, I think a lot of us just. You know we were coming to the first meeting we we weren't sure what it was going to be and within like five seconds everyone was like this is life-changing this Aww. is everything like we want sheer to be our big sister best friend
1: that means yeah. so much and first Thank and gosh, foremost yeah. like no matter what we come from and like what label we put oh, ourselves yeah. like we're all just jews oh and that's yeah. what i love about exactly. my job is i just get to meet jews i don't see yeah. everyone for the backgrounds whether they're reform or conservative or don't consider themselves anything at all like who I cares. see everyone yeah. as a person and a Jew and someone I could connect to right. and share with. You know, at one point we were all in the same place. Right. Exactly. It, yeah. And it no, that's
0: so special. Like I feel like you're the most open and accepting it really it's amazing oh, yeah. like i remember i was worried to tell you with the holobank, you know like our ovens aren't aren't kosher you know but yeah. it's like you would never judge us for no, that who am
1: like, i like of course who, and everyone should ask themselves this when it, yeah. when you're looking at anyone different than you like who am I to judge right right and that's what's so beautiful about like my job with jewish experiences meeting different people and different backgrounds but not that matters. It's like yeah. you're a Jew and I love you. Even if you're not a Jew, I love you because you're a human being. <laughs> yeah. but especially when it comes to working for Jewish experience, like I just love connecting with people, no matter who they are, where they come from. Right. Because we all share a common ground. Oh I right? that. Right? We're all connected.
0: Yeah. Do you think that, you know, meeting the different Jews, different backgrounds, do you think it's kinda changed anything about the way you think about your faith or, or exemplified it?
1: Um, I think it's been beautiful for me to you know, because I grew up religious, so I, I, well, I have some cousins who are, you know, maybe more on the modern, like, okay, I don't really want to label them, but I have, different, <laughs> I have family members who are at different levels of Judaism than me, sure. but I think for me, um, just me, different Jews from different backgrounds, had given me even more Jewish pride, yeah. because it's just like, wow, like, we're all just, it's like, beautiful. united, and there's such a big concept in Judaism about, like, just being a unified whole, mm. and it's so easy, I think, no matter your sex, I think there's a lot of, like, judgment that goes in between the sects but like we're all like no everyone's kind of just like trying to do their own thing and connect yeah. to god in their way and there just has to be more love i think in the world and oh especially an acceptance of so like even if we're different like who cares
0: right you know? no there's so much judgment and so the idea of like if people don't do it the, exactly the way i do like you know, they're wrong. Yeah. I feel like that was such a thing for me growing up, going to Jewish day of school. Yeah. It was like, oh, you know, if you don't keep kosher, you know. Uh, <laughs> right. Uh.
1: But it's so not.
0: It's it's yeah. so just, you know, missing the bigger point.
1: Right. There's a bigger yeah. picture. And so I think when you're actually asking, like, how has it affected my Judaism? Right. I think the fact that I've been so accepted mm-hmm. when I come on to, like, Lafayette and different college campuses yeah. And I think it's almost been, like, reassuring to me because I feel like I'm being accepted in love for who I am, how I practice oh. my Judaism, yeah, just as I love everyone for how they practice theirs. Right. So, it's been very, like, reassuring to me because, again, it's very vulnerable for me to go into a new environment. Oh, my gosh. I, knowing, I'd be so scared. Yeah. Really, like how people are going to perceive me and understand me. Right. So, it's been really beautiful to see so much open-mindedness towards me. Yeah. Which I really have loved. Well, I just think you make it so easy. You know?
0: You're just... You're so wonderful to talk to. And I remember the first time you were here and we talked about Sukkot Mm -hmm. and you pulled out the Taylor Swift lyrics (laughs) and we all were like, Oh yeah, we're in. (laughs) That was it. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's just I don't know. It you just you make Judaism come alive. You make it sing.
1: Oh, I love that. And that's like what my passion is. Like, really, Judaism is applicable to us at every age and stage and you know, in the modern world it's not this outdated thing that like our ancestors were given like no like you could be a jew and proud and connect even now in 2023 when the world is so confused and there's no direction like we have direction and we have purpose and meaning and for me like this whole my judaism is all about me living for a higher purpose for something greater than myself and i really believe like through my observance Mm -hmm. i live a really deep like meaningful intentional life yeah. and I know wow. maybe I don't know exactly where I'm heading and where I'm going Who does? but every step yeah. of the way I really like I'm connected to myself and others and God yeah. and I really feel like I'm living life of purpose I know why I'm here on this earth oh. not again wow. we don't know our exact purpose but I know Somewhere I'm living for there. something greater yeah. than myself
0: That's so beautiful. Wow. that just, you know, you're not kind of meandering around like, no. I
1: have, I know what I'm here on this earth for, right? right? And what to do. I'm not just like floating through life, like confused. And that's the beauty of the Torah and the Mitzvah. It gives us opportunities. Right. Right. To really like enhance our life and put meaning in our life. Because without it, like, then what are we, what are we here for? Everyone has to figure out what are, what are you willing to live and die for?
0: Wow. Right.
1: That's, that's so something powerful. something every person has to ask themselves.
0: No, exactly. Yeah, and it makes me wonder, you know, when you have, like, a hard day or, you know, you're you're just having a moment, you know, because everybody does. Mm-hmm. Is that is that what you think? Like, this is all part of my greater purpose.
1: I think I also remember that, like, this is part of God has some plan for me. Yeah. And, like, we're allowed to have bad days and I could oh, get yeah. in a bad mood. But the difference between, like... Thinking and getting stuck in that right. versus a Jewish mindset is I'm not a slave to what happens to me, right? We were discussing today, like, we're not, we don't blame like my bad day, and that's it. That I'm mad at God, I'm mad at my life. Like, okay, I had a bad day. The beauty of Judaism is I go to sleep, I wake up, There's and it's another a whole chance. There's day chance. 24 hours to connect oh. and to reinvigorate our lives, right? Every day is a beautiful, like, opportunity. And so it's not like we have our bad days, but Either we could hold on to it and just be miserable, upset people, yeah. or what's the Jewish way? Yeah. We just get back up and start all over again. You know, my grandparents would always say,
0: tomorrow's a better day. Yeah. That was their whole thing. Well, I said it in their eulogy. Yeah. Um, so
1: it's just Tomorrow. really... So that's beautiful. Yeah. And that's such a Jewish... Like, God has us. God doesn't give us anything we can't handle. Yeah. And I really believe that because I trust yeah. in God. And so, tomorrow's a new day, and that's the beauty in Judaism. We don't look back on yesterday, right? We're not holding on to the past and the mistakes. It's what am I doing today? Right, Right. in the now. Living today in the now. now. Living in the now.
0: Exactly. Wow. That's so incredible. That's just, that makes me want to keep going. That really, right? Because I feel like even when I have a bad day, I'm not mad at God. I'm just. I'm just kind of sad. I'm like, right. hey, God, can you, can you yeah, and help out? Yeah, <laughs> we're
1: Yeah. But we shouldn't get stuck in them in right, a right. vicious cycle. It's like, okay, I had a bad day. I'm in a bad mood. But I have to have the power to get out of that bad mood, right? Yeah. And utilize the rest of the hours of my day or make tomorrow better.
0: Oh, man. I love that. That's, that's such a beautiful note to end on. Yeah. I feel like. I loved every step of the way, um, but uh, is there anything we didn't talk about uh, that you'd like to?
1: Anything we didn't talk about? Um, I mean, I think we covered so many amazing things and just like the importance of everyone being loving and accepting towards each other uh, yeah. and really how it's been so beautiful for me to see the students in Lafayette be so open to what I have to say and just really genuinely intrigued and interested in learning more about their heritage and what it means to be a Jew in the 21st century and how if we put in the effort, we could find meaning in everyday things in our life. Like in Judaism, we believe in the uplifting the mundane, how everything, no matter how physical or how boring, we could uplift and learn something deeper about, right? And input more spirituality and connection into our lives. Um, And so I think just, my ending, like no, is to, like I just love my life that I live, like of living like a very meaningful, purposeful life. Um, and my goal is to hopefully inspire others just to turn inward to themselves and wow. think about what they want out of their life and their Judaism. Oh
0: that's beautiful. Sure, thank you so much. I can't thank you enough.
1: Oh, of course. Thank you for having me on this podcast. Oh, yeah, so exciting.
0: Yeah, I loved it, and thank you so much for listening.